T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury, inside the heart of a champion. With your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790, The Ticket. And good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. Fighter's Fury here on 790, The Ticket. Tobin here with you for the next hour as we will dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. What a show it was last night from the Barclays Center. Deontay Wilder with the 10th round knockout of Luis Ortiz. Continues his undefeated reign. Sets up the heavyweight fight. Everybody wants to see when he uh, the potential of him taking on Anthony Joshua. But last night wasn't just why you love boxing. Last night is why you love sports. It was so fantastic. Had moments of drama. Had everything. Had the right characters in it. But... It reminds you why we tune in to watch these things, not just to watch guys, you know, combat in a squared circle and and, and to see who the better man is, but to think about what the stories are behind them. You know, a guy like Luis Ortiz getting out of Cuba because he needed to get better care for his daughter didn't have a lot of options. This is this is the life that he chose. Deontay Wilder had aspirations of being a professional athlete, you know, couldn't really get into college with the grades that he had, had to turn to a life of boxing while delivering, being on a delivery truck. Also, you know, dealing with uh, family needs at home with, with his child. And to see that these guys fill an arena, have the world watching, and are at a point where it, they are putting on such a great show and walking through so much fire and putting so much on the line because... You know, whoever wins this fight is going to take a big step into really being the guy in heavyweight boxing. And more so the packaging was probably going to be for Deontay Wilder, but there were a lot of questions going into this. Why did he want to take this fight? Could he deal with the awkwardness of Luis Ortiz? You know, is this the biggest challenge that he's ever taken? Taking on a southpaw. There were a lot of questions about why you would take this fight what would make you want to take this fight? And the reasons came to fruition. They were true. Luis Ortiz was the best guy Deontay Wilder ever faced. Luis Ortiz was awkward. He made things difficult. He hurt Deontay Wilder. He was probably winning the fight. And yet, Deontay Wilder was able to to, to get through it all. And that that magical right hand, those two telephone poles able to do their work. It's not the prettiest thing in the world. He's never going to be the slickest boxer in the world. These guys are 6'8". None of them are. And he is he's just able to touch you with death when he gets his hands on you. It was amazing to watch. But to see him have his moment when we've been talking nonstop about Anthony Joshua, you know, yeah, how he had the signature moment, he had the pinnacle fight 
against Vladimir Klitschko, got up off the canvas, and was able to stop the the long reigning name of the heavyweight division, even if it was off of a uh, off of a, of a loss. Deontay needed his own signature moment, and I think for the longest time, the biggest criticism you could put on him was that, you know, it was that we just didn't have that yet. It wasn't to bleep on his skills. Does he is he the Christmas boxer ever? No. Does he have some of the most vicious power in the division? The most vicious power in the division? I say probably so. I mean, when he touches you, grazes you, you go down. When he touches you flush, you don't get up. And it was so impressive to watch that yesterday. It was a great show by both of those guys. And what can you say? What 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 can be what what else can be put on them as far as praise is concerned? It it really for Deontay Wilder, it's great to see when guys are hunting so much for that moment. They're hunting so much for that recognition, those accolades, that praise that they deserve, and it comes through for them. It's why you like sports. It's why we like fighting. It's why it's why we we tune in week in and week out to watch these guys. That was so fantastic and such a great show. And I thought Deontay had himself an awesome week where, you know, I think he did the right things with the call-outs of Eddie Hearn, got the furnace burning on that a little bit more. I thought that he did uh, an interesting thing where he is, in the lead-up to this fight, attacking the past because he had an opponent here in Luis Ortiz who really wasn't going to say much. There is a language barrier there. And so, other than, hey, we want to see these two guys fight, and it's a very dangerous fight for both of them, and both guys can be knocked out, where else can we go for the drama? What else can feel the he- feed, uh, feed the headlines? What else can can get through the storylines? Everybody likes controversy. And I thought Deontay did a fantastic thing where he started attacking the past, saying that he's more feared than a, than a prime Mike Tyson, saying that he could beat any of the guys of the past, getting the guys of the past riled up like Tyson, Lennox Lewis. And even if there wasn't an ability to make a verbal sparring out of the opponent that he had, he was still being able to be in the headlines with his mouth, with what he was saying, maybe making some people upset because a lot of boxing fans don't like you attacking the past. They don't like saying that you're better than the guys that came before you. And I like it because even if it is a crazy claim, at least it's a claim. At least it's something he believes. At least it's something that's going to get a reaction. And I think that there is something effective there, that you're building yourself up into something that maybe people don't believe, but if you believe it, it's going to be effective. And I think that's what it was yesterday. You know, we saw him be so flustered with what Ortiz was bringing to him with the awkward style, the southpaw stance, not easy to hit. Ortiz, much crisper, much slicker, and really we weren't, wasn't able to find a home for that for that right hand for a bunch of rounds. And then when he did, you're like, man, it, I just thought I saw four or five rounds of this guy just looking a fool, and this was going to be really, really terrible for him. And even still, he has that great equalizer. And it may be the best equalizer in the sport right now. It, it, it is it is so tremendous. And he, we, we saw yesterday, he's in such great shape. 
This isn't one of those things where he could be swinging at air a bunch of times, even though the volume was very low yesterday as far as punch output's concerned, um, that it could still co- it could come in round one, five, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. It's always there. And I think that is that was an interesting thing to learn about Deontay yesterday. After, you know, the last time that he was out there against Bermain Stavern, it was it was Lamb to the Slaughter. It was just out there to be a showcase. Ortiz wasn't able to make that fight because of the test. And, you know, you got to give Deontay Wilder credit for giving this opportunity to Luis Ortiz. He understood what the importance of getting this victory would be. Nobody wants to fight Luis Ortiz. And you can see why. He makes you look terrible. He's dangerous. And he almost beat Deontay Wilder. He almost knocked him out. He almost stopped that fight. But Deontay was able to weather the storm. He was able to get through it and eventually was able to have his moment. Vicious uppercut ends the fight. And now we just wait. Now we wait till the end of the month. We see if Anthony Joshua beats Joe Parker. Not a gimme fight. Same way. Not a fight that I think a lot of people want to take right now. But Anthony Joshua wants to collect belts. And this is going to do big business for them over there. Now, does he come through, keep up his end of the bargain? I will say this. Look, Deontay Wilder's hotter than ever right now. After last night, having two knockouts in a row now that are going to be replayed over and over and over and over again. If Anthony Joshua takes care of business at the end of this month, there can be no waiting around anymore. There there can't be this idea where, we're going to let it simmer a little bit more. No, I get it. You let it simmer. You, you both are going to have high-profile matchups early on in the year, same month. Timeline keeps going. Keep people going and, and, and interested about it. But we need this fight by the end of the year. I don't mean to be looking uh, ahead of Joe Parker and hoping beyond hope that Anthony Joshua does come through with the win. But... We need this thing to happen at the end of the month. This is this is the fight. You want to talk about a sport right now that, look, if you tune into this show week in and week out, you love the sport, you're hardcore, I imagine that you, you are tuning into mostly everything, and you're going to be sold no matter what. But that doesn't mean that the sport isn't without its need to have those mainstream fights that gets everybody interested and gets everybody coming into the circus tent and watching what the hell is happening. And so this fight needs to happen. It needs to happen at the at the end of this year. And there really shouldn't be any good excuse outside of somebody getting hurt that it doesn't happen. These guys are both at the peak of their powers. They're both undefeated. They both can end a fight at any time. There's a clash of styles there. They're both Olympians. There's a cross-country thing here. It has to happen. There, there, there's there's no wiggle room left here for the fans. This is set up so perfectly, only boxing could drop the ball on this. So let's hope that it comes to fruition. Let's hope we get the fight that we all want to see. Deontay Wilder was fantastic yesterday, and I think earned himself a lot of fans yesterday. I think a lot of people are going to start getting onto this train of Deontay Wilder. And, you know, that was the big question all week. Why is a guy who's 
40 and 0 now, 39 knockouts. Why is he not a bigger deal here? What what is that divide here as a country that we wouldn't be as behind this in an individual sport than anything else? You know, people are still tuning into the Olympics. People are still taking that national pride in figure skaters, um, curlers. America won the curling. It was huge. Um, you know, Michael Phelps. They, they still, there's still, there's still a thing there where we get behind our guys at the right time. Well, this is a time I think that as a country, we should get behind a guy like Deontay Wilder in this little arms race with the UK because the UK is kicking our ass as far as passion for the sport of boxing. They really are. But I do think that Deontay has done the has has taken the right steps to earn as many fans as possible. Does it work? I don't know. I mean, maybe this is where at the point in this uh in this country where being the heavyweight champion is just never going to be that big a deal anymore. It used to be the most distinguished honor in sports. Now here, I don't know if it's that anymore. But it's it's nothing that he's not doing anymore. He's got the mouth, he's got the size, he's got the look, he's got the knockout power. Now he's got the signature win. There's 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 nothing from Deontay's side, I think, that can be added or heaped upon him to make him any bigger. It's just, I guess, a question of will that be the same anymore? Will Will it be a case of, yeah, people care about that? I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. I don't know if even beating Anthony Joshua is going to be like that. I know if Anthony Joshua goes out and beats Deontay Wilder, he's going to be bigger than Queen Elizabeth over there. Here, Deontay Wilder beats Anthony Joshua. I don't even know if he's still the biggest thing in Alabama. I don't know if he's bigger than Nick Saban. He should be, but I don't know if he is. It's, it's, it's going to be an interesting thing to watch as... The Joshua fights unfold if he gets his win and we actually get a promotion for this fight if the fans here are finally going to embrace what it's going to be like to having a big heavyweight fight again because it's been a while. It's been a while and you've heard the excuses. Oh, it's been held hostage by Klitschko. Now nah, you never know when the fights are on. And they're all legit. I'm not saying that people who make those complaints aren't making fair points. But here's the opportunity for you to get back into it. Here's the opportunity for you to say, okay, I'll, I'll watch this guy. Okay, I'm interested into the, into the whole storyline because it's a great storyline and it has it all. And I hope that we're going to get the matchup that we all want to see by year's end. Really, really great show last night. Fantastic job by Deontay Wilder. Unbelievable fight by Luis Ortiz. Really, really great show by those guys. Well, I mean... The two heavyweight fights that we've had now in 12 months with Joshua versus Klitschko, and now this, unbelievable time to be a boxing fan. We'll be back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back. Fighters Fury here on 790, The Ticket. Tobin here with you. You can text the show at 67974. Texter writes in that I gained respect for Wilder last night with his heart. I do feel that he still needs to sharpen his boxing skills and not be too reliant on the power. He looked off balance when throwing power shots. He needs to work on that. 
Overall, Ortiz was controlling the fight. Waller's power was the neutralizer. Um, the fight was going that way. I suggested it would a couple months back, and Wilder got it out. Kudos to him. Uh, I would I look. What he's saying is valid to the Texas point. Wilder's boxing, if you want to call them, I guess, skills or his polish, it's never going to be with what some of the best in the sport are. It's not going to be as crisp as Luis Ortiz. It's not going to be as, I guess it would say, elusive as maybe a Tyson Fury is or I guess as picture perfect as an Anthony Joshua would be. But the question is, does it matter? Does does he have to be? You know, you can go out there. We can we can talk till we're blue in the face that Deontay Wilder doesn't have the 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 clean boxing that he's not as pristine. We can talk about that if you want to, but if you're doing that, I think you're ignoring that this guy has some of the most devastating one punch knockout power that we've seen. And the fact that it doesn't matter, it doesn't seem to matter because he probably went in there with the most technical heavyweight out there right now in Luis Ortiz, hundreds of amateur fights. He's allegedly 39. He may be 49, but that doesn't take away that he's strong as hell. He's hard to hit. And that he makes you pay for your mistakes. He was getting peppered all over the place. Round in, round out, was really, really hurt in the seventh. After putting him on the canvas once. And it didn't matter. He still just needs to touch you once. And it's a game changer. So, if you're telling me that Deontay Wilder doesn't have as pristine a boxing as... Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, or even Luis Ortiz. That's fine. You're right. Will he get that now at 33 years old? No. But the question really should be, does it matter? Does it matter that he's not on the same planet as those guys are skill-wise if he's got that weapon in his back pocket to unload at any time? And my answer, after watching him fight, Year in and year out, I'd have to say no. It really doesn't matter. Because if he goes into a fight with Tyson Fury, who we've seen have a questionable chin before, and Tyson Fury's dancing around him, he's picking and popping, he's giving him the old Vladimir Klitschko treatment, and Anthony and, 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 and Deontay Wilder's down by four rounds or down by three rounds, he's still got a chance. To end that fight. Does he swing and miss a lot? Yeah. But when he doesn't, it's over. And when he barely grazes you, you go to the canvas. So, we can keep talking about what he's not good at, but his best asset is better than everybody else's. So, I got to give him props in that regard. Am I ever going to see Deontay Wilder throw the most beautiful combinations in the world? Probably not, but who gives a rat's ass? Once he touches you, night, night. Hits the canvas. That's what happens. Just saw him against a guy who's got as good 
a background and style that clashes with this, as you can get. It was working. He had Deontay losing that fight, had Deontay hurt, made Deontay pay for his mistakes. Deontay Wilder took the shots, got to his corner, got up, ended the fight without having an equal skill set, without having the equal background, without being as clean. So the critics, their points are valid. They have good points. And their points aren't incorrect. But the question has to be brought up. In this weight class, this weight class, heavyweight, does it matter if he touches you once, there's a good chance your ass is hitting the floor. If he hits you flush, it's over. It's over. So Tyson Fury can sit there laying in bed and say that, oh, I'll, I'll dance around you all night. I'll give you the one-two and I'm going to hurt you. Yeah, okay. And I would say Tyson Fury, he's got a good opportunity to win that fight. But he's also got a good opportunity to lose that fight. And Anthony Joshua... He may look a whole lot prettier. And he may have the pedigree of knocking off Vladimir Klitschko. But we've seen what that chin has. We've seen that it's vulnerable. And I'll say this. One thing I think has to be looked upon with this fight, Anthony Joshua versus Wilder. You know, Wilder came into this fight and it was Pretty stunning that he was, I think, 216 he weighed in. Something very, very light for a man of his stature. He's 6'8". And, you know, they were saying, ah, there's some flu stuff there. So maybe he wasn't in the greatest shape. Still had that in his pocket in round 10. Where Anthony Joshua, we've seen, has the adrenaline dump. Where he gets in there, puts you on the canvas... And if he doesn't quite have you out and you get up off that canvas, there's some there's he needs some recuperation. And the one thing about Anthony with uh with Deontay Wilder, rather, when he knows he's got a guy hurt, that guy is like a shark. He is all over you. So the question really is: as great as that win was over Vladimir Klitschko for Anthony Joshua, if there comes a time in that fight where he is arms to the side, so tired that he can't move, can he take the hits from Deontay Wilder like he did from Vladimir Klitschko? Klitschko's never been known as that kind of puncher. So can he survive a tiger shark swarming him if he was that tired ever in a fight? Deontay, yeah, it may not be pretty, it may not be the cleanest thing in the world to look at, but he'll go for days. He'll knock you out in round one, knock you out in round ten. And I think against Anthony Joshua, the question has to be asked, if we're going to look at these guys and we're going to talk about a race that may go longer than a few rounds, who's that really the uh, who's that really advantageous to? I don't know if that's to Anthony Joshua, no matter where that fight is, if it's in London or wherever. So, I just think that after yesterday and seeing what he was able to do against that style, 
how you could think that he can't pull out a win. Can he lose? Yeah. I, that's the one thing about Deontay. I do think that there are nights against the elites. He's going to give them windows to win. That's clear. We've seen that against guys who aren't nearly as good as the guys now that he's fighting. But even with those windows, his margin for error is so much greater than a lot of guys in this sport because of his power and because of the weight class that he fights in. A lot of the times, you know, if we were talking welterweight, we were talking middleweight. And a guy's got that real kill shot. Let's talk about Sergey Kovalev. Kovalev, who won last night, TKO in the seventh round, fighting Andre Ward. And remember, he put Andre on the canvas really, really early. A lot of people thought that he won that first fight. I thought it was a draw. I thought they actually had the first fight right. And, you know, the second fight, Andre Ward gave him that work. And the question is, is the power in the lower weight classes, can you have that kind of margin fair like you do at heavyweight? Usually the boxing skill set's a little bit crisper in the lower weight classes. Usually it's a little bit better. Guys are a little bit more skilled. So, and smaller target to hit. So, I think that margin for error, though Deontay Wilder's going to leave some opportunities open for his opponents because he may be not the Christmas boxer. He may be off balance a lot. He may look goofy after he whiffs on it a couple times. But he keeps throwing. He keeps bringing those, those, those huge, huge trees coming at you with fury. Not Tyson Fury. And it just takes one, and it's game changer. It's a game changer. So I don't know how you can't come out of last night thinking, you know what? He can beat Anthony Joshua. Maybe you still think Anthony Joshua is the favorite. Maybe you still think that Anthony Joshua is the better boxer. Maybe you think Anthony Joshua is the more complete package. But for me, at this weight class, Seeing what he was able to do last night, I was on board with a lot of you saying, I think Anthony Joshua is going to give Deontay Wilder that work. But after watching last night, I'm really, really questioning that. I think this guy is is got something real, real special right now. And we'll see how Anthony Joshua looks in a couple weeks. Maybe all of our opinions will change because He'll look even more oppressive against Joe Parker. But right now, Deontay Wilder has definitely, I think, turned a lot of heads. He has impressed a lot of fans. He silenced a lot of doubters. And I think that's all he was looking for yesterday. Other than getting another win and getting a big fat check, I think he wants some damn credit. Go in there, fight a guy nobody wanted to fight, fight a guy who is going to make you look ugly, a guy who's got a, just a terrible style that nobody wants to tussle with. You know, King Kong Ortiz, this guy's a badass. Come on. Nobody wants to get in there with this guy. So much mystery around him. Don't know if he's clean. Don't know how old he is. Hundreds of amateur fights in Cuba. Knockout power. Sick combinations for a guy of that size. 
Who wants to fight that? Who chooses to fight that? Deontay Wilder did after he failed a drug test. After Ortiz failed a drug test. Still wanted to fight him. Knocked him out. Nothing you can do but give him credit today, man. Even the haterist of the haters has to eat it today, I would think. But then you got to realize it has a whole lot of trolls. We'll be back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back. Fighters Fury here on 790, The Ticket. Thank you all who are texting in. 67974. Somebody says that sounds like Fighters Fury is being done from a closet. I can assure you I'm here live today, my friend. I know I have made that admission before that I have taped Fighters Fury in my closet because just couldn't make it in for whatever reason the next morning, and so I'd send it in. But I can assure you, I'm here live. I'm watching Sports Center right now. I'm watching the replay of Deontay Wilder. I'm texting that gentleman back. I wouldn't have the text machines open if this is a tape show. Get the hell out of here. But I care about what you people think. So no worries there. Uh, Texter also writes in, George Foreman's boxing skills regressed dramatically, but his power hit his lack of skills and let him get away with the heavyweight title. Wilder is no different. It is a great equalizer. He really does. He has that... That just amazing, amazing weapon that he's able to hold. And I can't wait to watch Anthony Joshua fight at the end of this month. There's a lot of great heavyweight fights. It is my favorite division right now. It really is. I think there's just there's so much drama around it. I think there's a legitimate chance these guys are actually going to fight. And I don't know if I could say that with welterweight. Welterweight, it feels like everybody's being separated a little bit. Um, the PBC guys are away. The top-ranked guys are away from each other. There's networks keeping everybody apart. And so even though the talent may be better out of all those, I think that um, I, I think from my standpoint, it just lacks a little bit because it can't uh, there's there's a real separation there with the heavyweight division. You know, first of all, I think some of the person the personalities are amazing. I think Deontay's got a great personality. I think um, I think Tyson Fury, obviously, he brings a lot of edginess to it and. I think his comeback story is interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing that, even though you should be fighting Shannon Briggs, you punk. You said a bunch of times, oh, I, who you want me all to fight? Oh, who am I going for? We told you, Shannon Briggs, there's multiple polls that you put out there. Uh, who would you like me to fight? And we said Shannon Briggs. Uh, there were thousands of votes. And we came back, and that's that's who we want you to fight. And yet, no fight. So, I don't know what to tell you there. Either way... Um, Tyson is an exciting personality and Anthony Joshua, not like the most charismatic dude in the world, but also not a dud. So there's that. I just think that this is a, it, it, everybody's got a good gimmick in this division and it, it's just, it's really fun to be a boxing fan and have that division mean something right now. I think, I think it's, it's, it, it's as it's as healthy as it's been in a long time, and I think there's a lot of people that people are, I'm interested in watching Lucas Brown, Dillian White later, Jarrell Miller, Big Baby Miller. What a personality that guy's got. Interesting. That dude, he's pushing three LBs as he gets into that ring. He's he's like a, a massive bodybuilder. I don't know how that guy's got the stamina to do anything, but he does, and he hits you with these like little like T-Rex arms that are savagely powerful. Dude was a kickboxer beforehand. What a complete badass, as most people from Brooklyn are. Um, there's just I, I I just think to me between the personalities, the depth, 
the uh, the the cross country rivalry that I think is brewing a little bit between America and the UK. Just got it all right now. I don't know how you can't be into that watching it right now. It's 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 great fun. But let's turn it over. Let's let's uh, let's get into uh, let's get into UFC a little bit from yesterday. UFC two twenty two. You had Chris Cyborg. She defended her title against Yana Kunitskaya. Yana came out. She came out tough trying to put Cyborg in the clinch. I think that's a couple things, a couple fighters in a row now that we've seen Cyborg and they've they've tried to tie her up against the cage, see if they could tie her a little bit, see if they could work her a little bit. Maybe they see somewhat of a weakness there. I think Cyborg's only losses in Muay Thai. Um, so maybe that's that's the idea there. And Yana looked like she was doing a little bit more. Like Remember when Holly got Chris there? She really didn't know what to do. I think she was a little surprised by her strength that she was able to roughhouse Cyborg like that. But she didn't really do anything with it. Yana had tried. She tried, but, you know, then what's she going to do? It's Chris Cyborg, and, and she butchered her. She butchered her. Once she got those hands loose and, and she got her range a little bit, it was bad. It, it, was, it, was, it was a slaughter. So she retains... If you're coming out of that, here's the positive thing that we got out of Chris Cyborg winning last night. She seems down to fight Amanda Nunes. And I gave Chris a, a hard time because, you know, she was talking about this stuff about, oh, you know, I want to defend the featherweight belt and I want I got a responsibility to a division. And I was like, hey, you sat here for years and years yelling at Ronda Rousey to not give the fans the fight the fans want to see and that she was hiding under the guys that she had to defend her belt. And now all of a sudden, shoes on the other foot, where the hell's our fight that we want to see? We want to see you take on Amanda Nunes. Now it seems like she's down for it. Awesome by Chris Cyborg. Awesome by Amanda Nunes won in this fight. Dana White seems like he wants to make this happen. So that's great. The big star out of last night. Well, there are a couple big stars. You know what was cool about yesterday? This is what was great about UFC. Uh, Maybe, you know, I I feel like I want to put a retirement a little bit on why is this a pay-per-view card. The pay-per-view cards are what they are right now. There's a huge depth of them. Um, They have to fill them out, and it is what it is. That's, that's, That's how UFC decides to do their business model right now. And are there too many? Yes. But does that mean that on a pay-per-view card, on a card that's maybe not quote-unquote pay-per-view worthy, there can't be fantastic fights or great fighters that emerge from it? No, that's not what that means at all. And last night we had that. First of all, um, this Sean O'Malley, this this kid who you know made his name on the uh, the Contender Series and Snoop Dogg, you know, calling his fights yesterday, wins his fight on one leg. His foot is busted up really gnarly. Thankfully, it's not broken, but wins his fight. Does the post-fight interview laying flat on his back with Joe Rogan leaning up, uh, laying over him, and he goes, "I love Joe Rogan," and it was, it was just, it was, it was so awesome. It was a cool viral moment. Made Sports Center this morning. Good on that young man to get that big win and make people talk about him. Very, very unique. Haven't seen that. In a while, we've seen people having to do it sitting down. He's flat, laid on his back, getting put into a cast to get taken out of the uh, the octagon, and is getting interviewed by Joe Rogan after the biggest win of his career. So very cool by Sean O'Malley yesterday, getting his win, and that's what you need. You need 
a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, a unique touch. I don't know if that's going to be his thing now, getting uh, getting interviewed flat on his back. But it was cool. It was cool to see. Brian Ortega, though. Brian Ortega knocking out Frankie Edgar, hits him with the elbow, gets him with the nasty uppercut, couple of hammer fists, fight is stopped. Something we haven't seen before. Frankie Edgar stopped in a fight. We've seen him lose. We've seen him almost get KO'd. We never seen Frankie Edgar stopped. And Brian Ortega did it in vicious fashion. Not a guy I thought was going to get knocked out. Maybe that's why it happened. You know, Frankie is such a good striker. And I want to tell you, like, if you made me preview this fight a hundred times, I would have never picked Brian Ortega winning by knockout. Never. Never, never, never. How could you? How could you? A guy, first of all, a guy who's that good with his jiu-jitsu, who's that good of a submission artist, you feel like that's always how he's going to go and find his path to victory when you have that great a skill set. But he hit Frankie with some wild shots, and it almost makes me feel like maybe Frankie was at a Maybe Brian is rapidly growing. Maybe that's the case. Uh, you know, and he's getting a lot better with his striking. And he has been in there with, with much better guys lately. But maybe Frankie just took him so lightly he never thought that he was going to get caught with some of the wild stuff that he did. You know, this this it's tough to say who had a better uppercut from last night, Brian Ortega or Deontay Wilder. I guess I'll give it to Wilder. Title fight was probably losing. This was round one. But to do something that nobody's done before, uh, it was just, it was really, really awesome. And look, this is also the part of the fight game that sucks because I don't know if there's a fight fan alive who doesn't like Frankie Edgar. He's one of the most beloved fighters by fans. He really is. And that's not to say he's the biggest star ever, but he's just one of these guys. Everybody respects Frankie Edgar. He was the 155-pound champion. He probably, in a different day and age, if there were weight classes when he busted in, would have broken maybe a 135-er? Like, he... He he's not supposed to be fighting these dudes that are this size, but yet he's had so much success. And you look at the guys who have beat him before this. What's the list? Jose Aldo, Ben Henderson, barely, barely. I mean, as razor thin as you can get. And Gray Maynard. Like, other than that, these these have been, this is one of the most fantastic guys. And, and he butchers these young dogs like it's nothing. And so yesterday, for Brian Ortega to put his stamp on the night like he did, solidifying himself as a contender, really tremendous. Really tremendous. And now sets up a fight with Max Holloway, which, look, I'm a little bit more excited for that fight than I am the Frankie Edgar fight. I gotta say. And and, and this has a little bit to do with the stars thing, and what's pay-per-view worthy and what's not and what gets people buzzing. Look, Frankie Edgar is an all-timer. He's a Hall of Famer, and he's also been in the game forever. He's been here forever. And so seeing Frankie Edgar back on top of the mountain, though it would be an amazing story, and nobody who do, who doesn't like seeing that, who doesn't like seeing the Michael Bisbing, you know, a guy who's been a career contender getting to – have a last few years being a champion. 
That's awesome. Who doesn't like seeing GSP after that long layoff getting some gold wrapped around his waist? It's awesome. But such is the circle of life with fighting. You like to see, yeah, the guys who you've always rooted for and have been fantastic, you want to keep rooting for them, and you want it to still be something that we can have an attachment to and, and find that, man, they've given us a lot of joy. Let's let's continue to see this. But there is something poetic about being the all-time great, the Hall of Famer, and then getting beat by the young contender. It's 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 as it's as crisp a cycle as there really is in sports. And so Brian Ortega now has that signature win of beating the all-time unflappable Frankie Edgar. Guy guy is it's it's like fighting a piece of steel. That's how durable he is. That's how tough he is. And he's able to get that win and going into Max Holloway who's got the longest winning streak in the UFC been a reigning champion, and now we got two title fights now this year with Tony Ferguson taking on Khabib, two young guys looking to make their name for the, making a name for themselves. We're going to get that fight. Now we're probably going to get Brian Ortega versus Max Holloway. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, that's what... Look, we can sit here and talk till we're blue in the face about What's pay-per-view worthy? What's not pay-per-view worthy? Is this star power? Is this that? Look, eventually, you need new names and new fighters to step forward and take the mantle. And these two young gentlemen, Brian Ortega versus Max Holloway, that's taking the mantle. They've gone in there, fight in and fight out, getting wins, racking up wins. It's so hard to get a win streak to go in mixed martial arts. You think about Brian Ortega, I think he's now at 6. Max Holloway is at 11. That's crazy. That stuff doesn't happen. That doesn't happen in this sport where anything can go wrong, where something, uh, uh, where a rule can be broken and it messes something up. Uh, somebody can miss weight. You got to go up some weird circumstance. You got to be like Frankie Edgar, and you you think you're gonna be Frankie Edgar should have been fighting for the belt last night. Instead, he did the honorable thing of fighting a guy very dangerous. Young, hungry, and had the opportunity of a lifetime that if he won that fight, he was going to get a chance at the belt Frankie should have been fighting for. And if you can't root for that, I don't know why you like fighting. That Frankie Edgar had it on the doorstep. It would have been the easiest thing in the world. And, And Frankie's got the clout. Frankie's got the credit. Frankie's got so much cachet. No fight fan would have batted an eye at Frankie Edgar saying, okay, I'll wait out until Max Holloway's ready. He didn't. He went in that cage last night, and he fought a young guy who said he weighed 162 pounds last night. So you're talking about a featherweight fight. This guy's ballooning up 17 pounds. Frankie Edgar, does he even have to cut to get to 145? Barely. What is he, five pounds over? Huge weight difference. You know, it, it, it's like almost at that point, it, it's like when you watch one of the old school guards in the NBA taking on Giannis. It's crazy. Like, it's just a next, at that point, you're getting into a next level evolution of something. It's like Darren Till ballooning up over 200 pounds to fight Donald Cerrone, who's probably 
barely a welterweight, never cuts to it. It's like we're playing, they're playing with a different toolbox when they go in there. But even with that being the case, even with that being the case with Brian Ortega, never thought that he was going to be the guy who outstruck Frankie Edgar. Frankie Edgar. Was he the best boxer in the UFC? I mean, that guy, he's so slick on his feet. He's so well put together. You know, to see what he did to Yair Rodriguez, who everybody was touting as the next great thing at at featherweight, and to see what he busted his eyes to the point where he couldn't continue, come on. Unbelievable. Conor McGregor last night, he tweeted, um, because if you guys aren't familiar with the story, Conor came out, I think this was before last week. I think we discussed this on last week's show. He came out and he said that he offered to fight on the 222 card. And Dana confirmed it yesterday. He said that it really wasn't realistic because it was he did it like 24 days before the fight. You know, Connor's not in the, according to Dana, not in the weight class anymore. So it didn't make a whole lot of sense. And the Ortega fight was supposedly already signed. But Connor did write this. Frankie's career deserved for that to be against me tonight. Respect, Frankie. Love and respect always. A true fighter's fighter. So, cool nod from Conor McGregor. Uh, I know Frankie's side came out with this whole thing, and they said that it was all BS, that Conor didn't want any part of Frankie Edgar, that he's just putting stuff out there for headlines. I believe Conor. I think Conor did offer the fight. I think he probably asked for an exorbitant amount of money. But I think those are the types of things where, you know, Conor has never been a guy who – he's not a ducker. Like, that's the one thing. You know, when you're away this much, people like to put the label on, ah, he's ducking, he's ducking – Conor McGregor doesn't duck, man. How many last-minute opponents did he take on? That's that's not his thing, you know. Conor, that's I think that's why Conor's probably given so much props to Frankie. He doesn't care who who the fight. I got a fight to. I got a fight on March third. I got a fight on March third. Send whoever you got out there. Sometimes the results are you get choked out by Nate Diaz. Sometimes the results are you get beat by Brian Ortega. But the results are the results, and so. That's why I think Frankie's got so much respect from everybody in the back. Really, really cool. Really, really cool. Uh, congratulations to Brian Ortega. Um, very, very impressive showing yesterday. Wouldn't have had that in a million years. Was dead wrong about that fight. Dead wrong. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back. Flutter's Fury. We're going to roll on for about, about nine more minutes and get you to Kane's Baseball. Kansas taking on Maine today. We're your home for Kansas baseball. So, about 11 15, you'll get your pregame show going for you. Talking last night's fight action, UFC 222. Deontay Wilder with his KO win over Luis Ortiz. Crazy fight, man. Almost knocked each other out at one point. They almost knocked each other out at one point. It was almost a Rocky, uh, a Rocky round 15 scenario. Rocky 2, where boom, knocking both, knocking each other out. It was crazy. What a fun fight that was last night. HBO action, uh, yeah, Dimitri Bevel, Bevel, Bevel beat the Sullivan Barrera, t- uh, 12th round stoppage, he looked quick, man, he looked quick, dominant win over Sullivan Barrera, who trains down here in Del Rey, um, and those guys do a great job getting him ready, I just, I, like, I've seen this Bevel fight a few times now, uh, once in person, he he looks like the real deal, He he's very, very, very impressive, so there's nothing uh, to hang your head on if you're Sullivan Barrera, that guy is a monster. Uh, also locally yesterday, this was a weird thing that happened during the prelims. 
and it was out last night, so I didn't see this live. And I actually, all I got was a notification on my phone was UFC fighter carded out for getting hit by the bell. And I didn't even see this till I got in today because I wasn't on Twitter. I wasn't really on, I wasn't really on social media or anything last night. Uh, truth be told, I was out, so uh, I had everything DVR'd and watched everything very, very late into the night last night. And I turned off my phone, turned off my text, uh, I turned off my text from the people I know would spoil it. And I turned off my notifications. So, you know, like my, my family was able to get in touch with me because they don't watch boxing. But anybody I knew watched boxing, I turned off their notifications. Um, so anyway, I get this notification on my phone. Uh, fighter carted out after getting hit by the horn. And so like after, you know, I watched all the main stuff last night that I figured we'd be talking about. And I totally forgot about the dude who got carted out. And so I'm on, I think, Bloody Elbow this morning or MMAfight.com, one of those websites. And I didn't know it was Hector. Hector was the guy who hit the guy after the horn, hit CB Dalloway. And I heard Hector's explanation where he's saying, you know, he got hit and he was in the midst of a combination. But the referee, first of all, horn goes off, hits him with two shots. He hits him with a one, he hits him with a one, two. The other one, the second shot knocks him down. And you can clearly hear the ref say stop. Now, should the ref get in the line of fire a little bit more if he sees that Hector is already throwing one? Get in there? That's for you to decide. I mean, look, who among us wants to get hit by a Hector Lombard bomb? Nobody. But it was after the horn. So I do think they made the right call disqualifying. Now, did CB Dalloway milk it up a little bit? You know, that remains to be seen. But Hector did break the rules there. So as much as I love him and I want him to get in the damn wind column because he's had some hard luck, um, yeah, he did break the rules there. It was It's a bummer to see because, you know, he obviously thinks that he's finishing something there. I don't think – see, here's the thing. I don't think Hector is legit – I don't think Hector's a dirty fighter. And I don't think that he was trying to do something dirty. I do think there are these times where fighters in in the line of fire, they don't realize what's going on or they're trying to find an opening. And so I don't want to sit here and, and say like, oh, Hector should be suspended for such an act. No, he got his punishment. He got disqualified from the fight. He broke a rule. It's a bummer. And hopefully he'll bounce back. But... Yeah, it was. I watched the replay probably like 20 times. I'm like, because eh, I heard here was the thing. I saw Hector's explanation first before I watched what happened. And I was like, all right, well, I'm, I'm going to take the word of a, of a guy, you know, we've had in studio a dozen times. You know, I, I get Hector's explanations on things. But objectively watching it, the rules were broken there. So I can't can't really spin it any other way like it is what it is there so that's just something that happened last night Mackenzie Dern also everybody was really into this uh, Mackenzie Dern who people are kind of touting as the next Ronda Rousey they want to see if she's the next phenom 24 year old wizard at BJJ um, she gets a win split decision Adelaide Bird shout out to Adelaide Bird she is back in the fold since Canelo Triple G we haven't seen our girl Adelaide in action she was in action last night being real questionable with some of her decisions. As Adelaide, 
here's the thing though. And I don't want to pile on somebody who's such an easy target, but I kind of got to. If you have the broadcasters openly mocking how terrible a job you do, did Daniel Cormier and Joe Rogan are both there just giving her the business about how bad Adelaide Bird is? Can we find her some other role than 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 judging live fights anymore? Whether it's dare I say this, teaching judging, being a consultant, sitting on a board somewhere. If you got people anytime now, she's so infamous. Anytime Adelaide Bird is gonna be out there judging for the near future, people are gonna be looking at it with a crooked eye. You're gonna be even if you agree with her, I think you'll question yourself. Like, if you had Mackenzie Dern losing that fight yesterday, you're probably like, what's wrong with me? I agree with Adelaide Bird. That's 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 the kind of situation we're in there when she's out judging these fights. And I also don't want to see, like, here's the other thing. They can't have her do this Triple G Canelo fight. First of all, I got to imagine the promoter's got a block on her. But I hope this isn't some slow rehab up to, oh, no, 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 she's ready to do Triple G Canelo again. No, 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 no. No, no, that can't be a, that, that cannot happen. That cannot be the case. So I, look, I don't want to say a person shouldn't work again for screwing up a decision so badly. She didn't even screw up the decision. You know, she just had the most lopsided card of it. But the fact that you had it that lopsided was just crazy. If you had it closer for Canelo, God, we could have a talk. We, we we could have a conversation. We could sit down and say, Adelaide, let's pour some espresso. Let's talk this one over. But you have it where he's winning nearly every round. I can't talk to you. I can't even have coffee with you because I, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to take my coffee and leave in disgust. So she's out there yesterday and questionable again. And Joe Rogan. And Daniel Cormier are openly mocking her on the broadcast. What can you say about it? Um, but it was a fun night of fights. Really, really fun. A lot of action. Big swings. Stars making names for themselves. Uh, young stars making names for themselves. That's what this is all about, man. That, that's always what gets me more excited. I, I don't always... I, I like when the mega stars continue to do great things. Those are always fun. Um, but I, I, I love a couple things. Big upsets are always fun. But young stars, when they start to really, really come into their come into age and make names for themselves, that's when you get very, very excited as a fight fan. And that's what we had yesterday at UFC. And to uh, not a degree of young, because Deontay's not young. He's been on the scene for a while. But to see him get his credit last night, to see him take on an opponent nobody wanted to face, to see him be up against it, be in a real pinch, where he was probably losing that fight. He he needed a, a a win to keep this dream going of unifying the titles. And to see him do that yesterday was unbelievably, unbelievably impressive. And I don't know how he can do it. Even, even Deontay's biggest critics are giving him huge credit for yesterday's win. It was so impressive, so fun to watch. So it'll be interesting to see how this all goes about in, in the coming weeks. Everybody have a great Sunday. Enjoy yourself some Canes baseball as they take on Maine. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.